It is a massive, massive week of soccer coming your way on Twenty Dollar Sock Podcast. Black O Darby, I'll have Porter Cunningham on with the Scissor Tail Podcast. Help me break down the big match this week between Oklahoma City Energy and Tulsa Roughnecks. Final week of NPSL regular season will commence this week. Where is Tulsa Athletic in the playoffs and the hunt? More teams are added. We're going to talk all about those details. And I have roused about President Josh Fior, who was the winner of the retweet contest. He is going to come on and give his take of this week's soccer action. So, folks, it's time. You got to get those pillows, the blankets, the sirens are blaring. It's another episode of Tornado Sock Parkers. All right, it's another episode of the Tornado Soccer Podcast. Your host, Roger Graham, going to bring you all of the soccer action you can handle, or at least, and that can fit in our podcast or whatever. But anyway, you're here. Thank you so much for coming on bgn.fm. That's where you can find the podcast, Tornado Soccer Podcast. There's so many other podcasts there. Great content. Good guys there. Give them a listen. Give them a shout. Much obliged. Also, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can find the podcast on those outlets as well. And, oh, my goodness, what a week we've got coming up, folks. We've got the Black Go Derby. I've got so many guests on today. It is going to make your head spin. It's good stuff. We're going to jump into it here just momentarily. I have Porter Cunningham on with the Sistel Podcast. Folks who uh, listen to podcasts here locally, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, uh, local podcast for soccer. I'm sure you they are on the rotation. I've got Porter. He's going to come on here, and we're going to talk shop. We're going to talk all things Oklahoma City soccer and break down the OKC Energy and Tulsa Roughnecks match. All right, folks, we have a special guest on today to help me break down the OKC Energy Tulsa Roughneck. Black Gold Derby, Saturday, 7.30, Taft Stadium. I've got Porter Cunningham with the Scissor Trail Podcast who covers all things OKC soccer-related. Porter, how's it going tonight, man? Hey, Roger. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. You bet. You bet. And I'm glad we can uh, finally get coordinated uh, effort here. We've had a short week, so I know it's very tough to uh, chisel out a few moments here. So I appreciate your time tonight. Man, lots going on in Oklahoma City, soccer-wise. Uh, you've got the Energy, OKC FC women's team, uh, the Oklahoma City uh, the Fighting Imps. Man, just a lot going on right now in uh, soccer-related news in, in OKC, right? Yeah, I mean, it seems like you, you, you strike one team down and another one pops up in its place. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're very happy to see soccer continue to grow on an amateur and a professional level at Oklahoma city. Uh, the imps kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. and as a podcast, we've, we've tried to cover them and, and give them some, uh, give them some coverage, not because we don't like the energy or we don't think the energy deserved the coverage, but, um, an organization like the energy kind of has all that built into their system. So we want to make sure and get down the grassroots level and, cover teams like the Amps and Oklahoma City FC, the women's side, to make sure that everybody knows what's going on with them, too. 
Yeah, and uh, speaking of the imps, they've had some really good results. Uh, you know, to uh, gave Tulsa Athletic everything they wanted. Had a couple of wins there. I think I saw a scoreline six two against FC Wichita, which that 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 got my attention. Uh, man, do you, do you think this is going to be uh, something that? Uh, do you think teams in the Heartland, NPSL Heartland, need to take notice of this because they may be playing these guys next year, right? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, the last time we talked to Dustin Hooker, who's uh, who's a part owner of the team, I believe, and at least very involved on the management mm-hmm. side, um, their NPSL application was approved, so far mm-hmm. as we know. So, yeah, they, they will be facing these teams. Um, you know, some of those results, I think, are a little misleading because mm-hmm. those those NPSL sides weren't really uh, – putting their their a their a team out there mm-hmm. uh, playing a lot of reserves to trying to get some time especially against you know glorified exhibition match if you want to call it that since since the amps technically weren't in a league this year mm-hmm. um, but the amps as far as we know are gonna focus on local players and local players only uh, they want people from Oklahoma City they want guys from from Oklahoma they want guys that are going to college. Um, in Oklahoma City and in Oklahoma to come play. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, they've had some great results this year. But as we know, in the uh, the semi-professional amateur soccer landscape, that roster turns over year yep. to year. Mm-hmm. So especially focusing on local players, we'll see uh, how that translates into success on the field next year. Something I completely overlooked was the fact that OKC Energy U23 were on a hot streak as well. I think uh, won every match except for one in their uh, in the PDL. Is that right? That's right. They're in the PDL. Uh, they were the first team to qualify for the playoffs out of I think the entire PDL. Right. So they're playoff bound, uh, and I believe. Uh, I'm not sure who it was that lost or dropped points, but uh, they I think they clinched their um, clinched their division possibly just last week. So I'm not entirely sure when those playoffs get started. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something to watch out for on the academy side as well. Yeah, that's a they have a good squad. We saw them up here. Well, I saw them twice playing the athletic and or Tulsa Athletic and then uh, turning around playing Roughnecks. And, yeah, they have a lot of talent. They can score a lot of points on you. And, uh, you know, since you have already a team in the PDL and, and, and of course, they compete for the same players as the Imps will, I mean, invariably, because you're going after college kids, local kids, do you think that they are going – they being the Imps would have a little bit of difficulty going up against a team that's affiliated with a professional side like the Energy U23? You know, that's a great question, and it's not really one we've considered. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think from a personal standpoint, yeah, I think they will have a tough time. Uh, you know, you as a player, putting myself in that hypothetical, sure. um, if I'm a collegiate player and my end goal is to try to play the game at the next level, um, I'm probably going to choose a side that's got an immediate relationship with a with the higher-up professional team so I can start working mm-hmm. that ladder. Um but I think also you may have players uh, come in who have a different mindset, who uh, who aren't sure that you know playing professionally is what they want to do next, or sure. um, maybe just don't care that care about that connection. But um, I think it is. Are there enough players of that talent level in Oklahoma City to fill out both squads? And there might be. Yeah, and then plus you can go outside Midwestern State. You know, if you wanted to come up to Northeast Oklahoma, there's 
you know, Bacone, there's, uh, uh, you know, several Wesleyan, you know, has a team, JBU, if you want to go that far. So, you know, I, I think I'm, 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 I, I tend to fall on the side of, yeah, there's enough players, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of like you. Uh, I think that it would be a little bit difficult going, uh, you know, I mean, heck, uh, Energy U23, they recruit out of Northeast Oklahoma, you know, and, and uh, I, again, going back to what you said, it's like, oh yeah, they have that affiliation. And that's, you know, that's kind of hard to, you know, sell against if you're, you know, a team that's in your first year or maybe not even in your first year. But anyway, yeah, I think it, it'll it be interesting. They've done very well so far and, and have some pretty good results. And, yeah, I, I think it'll be great. I think more teams the merrier. Uh, I, I think Oklahoma City is a team or a town that has not had that representation for the past couple of years in NPSL. And I think it's uh, it's it's something that, you know, folks here in Tulsa are excited about for sure. Yeah, definitely having more teams closer mm-hmm. uh, is just good for the league and good for the existing teams, you know, cut down on travel costs, um, hopefully schedule more games, um, get a little regional rivalry going. So, oh, sure. uh, yeah, pretty excited to see uh, what the, what the AMS next step is. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll touch on uh, the, on the women's side here, just there for, for a moment, uh, you have the OKC FC women's team, uh, WPSL, who played Tulsa Spirit here and, and have strung together some really good results. Uh, they're currently in the playoffs now, aren't they? Yeah, they uh, they qualified for the playoffs. Um, they beat on FC Dallas for the one playoff spot out of the um, Southwest North Division, which we had a good joke about <laughs> on our episode today. Interesting. That, okay. that is that's the name of the division. Um, so they're starting their playoff run this coming Saturday uh, in Texas. I mm-hmm. believe they're playing the Texas Spurs, as we talked about in the first round. So really interesting. And that's such a it's, – it's so crazy to see the rosters on a team like that where mm-hmm. the youngest player, I think, is 14 years old, a 14-year-old goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and the oldest player on the team is 37 years old. So <laughs> wow. um, talk about roster turnover year over year. Um yeah, they've, they've got a really diverse roster, and it's something to, uh, to to keep an eye on going forward in terms of how they hold that core together. Nice. Uh, good good stuff there, and, and glad to see some uh, positive results there for the Oklahoma City uh, OKCFC women there. And, and we'll uh, finally, I guess, circle back to the, the, big, the big match this weekend with OKC Energy and the Tulsa Roughnecks coming to town at Taft Stadium at 7.30 on Saturday. Boy, this is an this is one of these games I'm just sitting here looking at on paper. I tell you what, I, this may be the first time that I'm you know trying to look at this objectively, and I'm looking at this and thinking Tulsa has an edge in this match. Do you agree with me, or do you think that OKC, uh, despite the injuries and and the red card suspensions, are are going to you know make some noise in this match? Um. You know, it's a rivalry match, so anything sure. can happen. Uh, but I, I've got to agree with you, as thinking as much objectively as I can. Even though um, Tulsa's not in the table where they, they wanted to be based off the mm-hmm. hot streak when they started the season, the, to me the tables have kind of turned uh, on this season versus last season where mm-hmm. Tulsa was, you know, kind of came out of the gates really slow and the energy were on fire and mm-hmm. – and now we've seen, as you said, the energy have depth issues, 
for both medical reasons and suspension reasons. Um, they had to make that uh, that midseason move to to move Danny Koenig out and bring in um, Andy Craven, bring Andy Craven back, um, and so. It's going to be really interesting. I think Tulsa's got a lot to prove. I think uh, the organization kind of feels like they've got a chip on their shoulder, and I, I mean no offense by that, but the numbers are clear that Oklahoma City's dominated this matchup oh, since yeah. the past couple of years, and um, I think Tulsa kind of feels like it's their turn, and with some, with some fresh faces that we are not too unfamiliar with uh, in the Oklahoma City area, I think those guys are going to have a lot to prove. You know, we, we've kept a close eye on Ian Spontessen, who, mm-hmm. in, in our opinion, never got a fair shake at Rio OKC as a forward. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he's blossoming in Tulsa. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if, if he comes out um, built up pretty good because because he wants to show Oklahoma City, you know, this this is – this is what you could have had or, or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. And, and no, it's interesting. You just brought that up and, and – just to kind of come full circle with this, uh, you guys covered uh, Rio OKC pretty extensively last season, and then now you see some of these Rio guys. And in my opinion, Rio was the best team in Oklahoma last year. You know, forget the Open Cup; that was early in the season. Uh, end of the season, I think that Rio OKC was the best team, pound for pound. Are you? Uh, and, and you did you know that you have Billy Forbes scoring goals. You, you know, Svantessen up here in Oklahoma City. Byers, or I'm sorry, in Oklahoma City, up here in Tulsa. Uh, Svantessen, uh, Byers, uh, who's got some playing time at Gold Keep, uh, PC North grad there. And then, uh, of course, uh, Koske. Uh, and then, of course, Coach Falgerall, who's uh, really turned this thing around. Uh, did you, um, I guess, anticipate uh, in, in your dealings and maybe – maybe had a lot of dealings with coach Valdrial, but did you anticipate him having this kind of success at the USL level? Um, in terms of coaching, that's not really something that I saw coming. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a whole lot to do with him though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as if you remember the, with the coaching uh, shuffling and everything at the organizational level that happened last year, um, our connection was mostly in, in the steady connection we has what we had was with the players, and mm-hmm. um, th- they had some really talented players. And not sure. having been around the the USL, um, I couldn't tell you uh, really from a technical standpoint if those players were so much better than USL players. Sure, um, but I think from an athletic standpoint. Um, how can I say this and it not come off? There are certain players in the USL that if you saw them out and about on the town, you might not think anything of it. Sure. But sure. When, when you saw a group of players, like when you saw the, the, the team walk in, Ryo, OKC, some of those players, you could tell just by looking at them that you might not know that they were soccer players, but you knew that there was something different about them. This sure. isn't, isn't just somebody here for for your whatever your average thing mm-hmm. so i think from an athletic standpoint i mean look at look at swantessen he's what six 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 yeah. seven yeah big deal. um so uh, knowing that and also with the with the experience that they have and and being able to bring that professionalism uh, you know wherever they go and and be coachable players mm-hmm. i think really factors into it as well 
Yeah, and you know, I'm glad to see a lot of those guys play together, and and I'm really excited to see them here play in Tulsa and and having success here. And yeah, maybe, and I do even think about the Rio connection and and that you know rivalry from last year carrying over some of these players, and I you know didn't think about it till you know, we just started talking about it, but it'll be interesting to see. And maybe that's extra motivation, but you don't need any more extra motivation because it's the black gold Derby. Everyone's going to be jacked for it. Uh, again, seven 30 at uh, Taft stadium. And, and we're talking with Porter Cunningham of the scissor tail podcast and, and, and Porter, uh, before I uh, cut it off here, I, uh, tell folks how they can uh, talk, uh, interact on social media. I know you guys are on Twitter. You got a good podcast going. So tell them all those details and how they can uh, listen to you guys. Sure. Yeah, we're we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, just search Scissor Tail Podcast. Um, as you said, we're we're not only covering the energy. We're covering um, all Oklahoma City soccer. So the energy, the Amps, Oklahoma City FC, high school soccer here and there, a little collegiate stuff. Um, you can interact with us on Twitter at ScissorTailPod. You can shoot us an email, ScissorTailPod at gmail.com. If you've got a tip or want to complain about our podcast or something, <laughs> you can reach out to us there. Um, but, yeah, that's how you can get a hold of us. And um, and we do dip into some Tulsa stuff, you know, sure. uh, especially earlier in the season. We talked a lot about the player movements and um, and, and where all the Rio players ended up and uh we we were openly questioning why some of those players didn't find themselves in green and blue this sure. season instead mm-hmm. of uh, you know blue and, and orange. Um, but at the same time, we we recognize that you guys are Tulsa specific, and we don't want to talk just about uh, Tulsa soccer. That's why that's why I'm on here talking to you today. Sure. Yeah. Feel free to. And you're, you know, we, uh, we, we appreciate you guys down in Oklahoma city uh, and doing everything you do, grow the game and, and get people interested and, and have that outlet because, you know, we kind of, it's, it's not a, if it's not OU or thunder, I, I you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, get out there and, and, and even here in Tulsa, you know, we, we, we feel that and, 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 you know, getting above some of that, the mainstream sports and, and getting folks interested in, in what we're doing on a grassroots level and, 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 you know, in a lower professional, lower division professional soccer. So uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing and, and sticking around even after, you know, everything what happened with Rio and, and, and getting, and still maintaining the podcast. So, uh, doing a great job there in OKC and folks, uh, Scissor Tail Podcasts, iTunes, and uh, like I said, on Twitter, you can find them there. Uh, Porter, man, I appreciate your time, buddy. And, uh, and man, I, I won't be there on Saturday, but we'll have to we'll have to go have a cold beverage sometime and talk shop. All right. Definitely, I've talked to a couple of guys that are coming down. You know, uh, I know um, Mario and sure. Cody up there mm-hmm. from uh, from Chelsea the Chelsea and America fan group. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll welcome them uh, with open arms until that until the, the first kick, and then we'll hate each other for 90 <laughs> minutes plus, and then after that we can go back to being friends again. So looking forward to it. All right, Porter. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks for your time. All right, Roger. Appreciate it. All right, great stuff, Porter. Thank you again so much for coming on. And now we'll go from one interview right to another. That's right. It's like the red zone or Life PD, I'm not sure which it is. But anyway, we're we're going to move right on to the next interview. you got Josh Fayor on, president of the Roustabout, winner of the retweet contest. He's got some hot takes. He's got some, some things in his mind, soccer-related, and I want to get his take on 
everything going on in soccer in his world. All right, folks. Uh, thank you again so much for all the retweet love the other day. Uh, and and we'll, we'll do that again and get some folks on the podcast that are interested in being on the podcast. And, and, to, and this week's winner, or actually last week's winner, he was in New York City, uh, wasn't able to make it on the show. But Josh Fior, big winner last week, winner, winner, chicken dinner. He is not only <laughs> the winner, he is the uh, president of the Roustabouts. So we've got uh, some royalty on today. <laughs> and uh, Josh, man, what's, what's going on in your world, buddy? Not much. Uh, like you said, I was in New York City for work last week, but was able to watch the uh, the Slope Park match uh, past Tuesday from New York City from my from my phone in a bar in, the, <laughs> in Greenwich Village, and then I, I got back and was was planning on going on Saturday, and then got sick. So I watched the last couple matches from home or from my phone, uh, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah, and, and no, he just—that's not a natural grungy voice. That is, uh, <laughs> Josh is still recovering a little bit from uh, whatever he picked up in New York City. So, right, man, stay uh, off the subways. <laughs> absolutely, well, we don't have that problem here in Oklahoma necessarily, but boy, we have a, a big match coming up, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that here in just momentarily. But I have to ask you, uh, you know, I. We get a we had a, I think we had the Croc Tears on, or I interviewed them a little, you know, a couple mm-hmm. years back, and and getting to talk shop with uh, someone that's does a lot of work uh, here locally with the roustabouts. I know you you got the presidency. This is your first year into it, but man, did you expect uh, as much work that you had to put into it in this first year? Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I knew it was going to be a bit of a workload. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've had some ups and I think we've had some downs, uh, some mistakes made and, and things like that. But overall it's been pretty good and I've got a good team surrounding me and, uh, you know, it hasn't been too difficult. Um, I think it's always the external, uh, pieces that, that frustrate you more than sure. working with the people that surround you. Yeah. It's a waiting on somebody that's not in your immediate inf- sphere of influence. Right. 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 Yes it's asking for something and then waiting weeks and weeks to get it or having to remind people or the money not coming up when you thought it was going to sure. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, uh, roused about, uh, you guys, uh, and, and uh, I, I uh, unfortunately won't be able to make it this weekend, but talk a little bit about the plans that sh- uh, the roustabouts have uh, going down or going down to Oklahoma city this weekend. Sure, sure. So we uh, we are actually carpooling this time. Um, you know, little background: we've this year kind of restructured our fiscal system and the way that we uh, earn money and whatnot. And we are just trying to be a little fiscally responsible. And we were hoping that we would uh, be able to swing a bus for this match, but it's not going to happen uh, for various reasons. So we're going to carpool for this match. And uh, we're leaving at 2.30, I believe, from uh, OSU Tulsa mm-hmm. uh, parking lot, where we generally leave from. Going to show up uh, down there, and then we'll get set up um, at a location that I'm not going to disclose quite yet, but we do have a tailgating uh, location. I don't want to put those uh, the people that are giving us a spot on the map right now. Uh-huh, sure. um, and uh, then we're going to be providing some uh, what was popular last year, uh, some uh, chicken express. So we'll have chicken tenders and 
potatoes and gravy, and I'll see if I can't get someone else to chug a gallon of gravy on camera. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, one of our roustabouts, uh, Nathan Napier, uh, just took the gravy chug challenge, and, and yeah, it was pretty epic. Yeah, took it to the head. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. And we'll be providing uh, we'll be providing that at, at no cost to uh, to the folks coming down over there with us. Sure. And we'll have we'll have some adult beverages along with some water as well, mm-hmm. and just having a good time right before the match. Man, it's I don't remember a time going down to taft where it wasn't 115 degrees and i was looking at the yeah. forecast and man it looks like it's gonna be another warm run on saturday right yeah i think it's gonna be lower 90s uh but i think what's gonna be killer is the humidity yep uh i'm i'm hopeful for some cloud cover though because the you know the fine folks at at prodigal and and the front office of energy like to stick us right in the sun mm-hmm. for the entire match and it is um you know it, it's nigh near unbearable. So uh, uh, I think a little cloud cover will help, but I'm gonna, there's going to be lots of, lots of sweat definitely yeah. this weekend. Getting up close and personal and yeah, it's yeah. just, it's, it's, it is. It's Maybe it's a good so thing hard. we're not riding a bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a good time. I've always enjoyed going down there and, and I tell you what, and, and I was talking with uh, um the guys over at Sizzletail Podcast and, and Porter and, and chatting with him for a minute. Do you look at this match and think on paper that, my gosh, does Tulsa have the edge in this one? Do you do you agree with that? Um, I guess I, I think if you're unbiased, you might look at it that way. Sure. Especially, I, I don't know, it, it, it is so hard because – on one hand, Tulsa is a really young team, and mm-hmm. I think we forget that. Um, you know, they've shown lots of lots of flashes of, sure. of really good play, and, and um, but and they've got lots of talent. But I mean, a young team, not just in age, but just mm-hmm. put together still chemistry. But on the other hand, Oklahoma City has injuries and suspensions mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you wonder, does that give Tulsa an edge? Um, it is at Taft. Oklahoma City plays well at Taft, yep. so I, for me, it's a push almost at this point. Um, you know, I, I I would argue that for Tulsa, it's a bigger match than it is for Oklahoma City. Believe it or not, yeah. Um, but that might just be more historical, and that might be just my own bias too. Yeah, you know, it's and and this is a team that Tulsa has not traveled very well as far as playing on the right. road too, you know. So it's a rival match, so you know, kind of anything can really happen. Uh, yep. But boy, yep. it's you know, look, you look at it, it feels kind of like that last match of the 2015 season where, you know, you feel you felt like your chances were good there, right? Yeah, I mean, and and the match you speak of, we needed that match mm-hmm. in order to make the playoffs, and then we sat for, I believe, like a couple of weeks waiting on others yes. and the chips to fall right, and it came yes. came down to the final match between uh, Austin, who was still in the league, and Seattle, mm-hmm. and uh, Austin didn't do us any favors, of course, and we missed the playoffs by a, a point or two, and sure. then, uh, but yeah, I I do believe I, you know, Coach Vaudrill said at his show today that. We, uh, we we need to string some wins together, and sure. that's even more than losing streaks. We haven't really strung several wins in a row together, right? And uh, and then add in the woes on the road, and and yeah, we this is a big match for us. Yeah, 
Yeah, it seems like it, it's it's very important. I know it's every match is always important against Oklahoma City. I think you can kind of discount some of the matches last year. It just was a, a bad season, and, and it really didn't feel yeah. like those matches were that important. I'm just, you know, just from my perspective. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is the first one, I think, and at least since the last match in 2015, that this thing means something now, you know. And I think that's going to add yeah. to that rivalry, don't you think? I do too. Yeah. And I, I think so. And I, and I think that there's, uh, you know, Brady is, uh, is a veteran to this mm-hmm. rivalry. He knows how much it means to, uh, the fans and the city. And, sure. you know, I, I think Tulsa has a chance to start clawing its way back from being little brother finally. Sure. And th- there's lots of hope on our side, uh, that that will happen. And because I mean, quite honestly, Oklahoma city has, outplayed us in nearly every match that we've played except probably the first one of 2015 and and the uh the last one of 2015 and uh-huh. they've they've basically outplayed us uh quite a bit or we've come up unlucky and, and just not made it happen so sure. I, I would like to see you start clawing away and, and getting that monkey off our back absolutely yeah i mean just even up the mat i mean it's not a rivalry if one team is just <laughs> winning all the games so uh, right exactly, I, exactly. I, I think there's some there's been a tide that's turned or a tide has turned certainly for this season and uh, really mm-hmm. you know i mean outside of injuries if everybody's just healthy and everything all things being equal i think these are two pretty evenly matched teams so yeah and i think that shows up in the standings mm-hmm. yeah for sure well I know you are a uh, Tulsa native, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I've I've kind of gone between both Tulsa and Oklahoma City, and you know I and I understand the rivalry from you know I can see both both sides here, but let's get from your take from a Tulsa native. What does this rivalry mean to you? Well, I think it has. You know, I mean, both cities in general have just never really cared for each other. <laughs> in one way or another and have always competed at some level and in a, in a lot of, especially the more, uh, visible ways, Oklahoma city has come out on top, uh, you know, both in government, uh, finance, and even at a time, uh, you know, the energy sector. And so there's always been this competition between the two cities. Um, Tulsa, you know, in my opinion is better in a lot of ways, uh, that may be more subtle, and whatnot, but, um, it it just means, it means more than soccer. I mean, it it really does. It is, we, it's the boys down the turnpike. We're an hour and a half away from each other. All of us from Tulsa have traveled to Oklahoma city for one reason or another Mm. and vice versa. And we just grow up not liking each other. I -hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know who started that, (laughs) (laughs) but we just, uh, we just don't like each other very much. And the cities are told, just two different types of cities. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's bragging rights It's state bragging rights. It's, it, it can, if, if we can beat Oklahoma city and especially if we can beat them over a series of matches, it, uh, confirms, you know, our feelings about our own town mm-hmm. and that pride that, that, that emanates from that. Yeah. And, you know, just somebody that's been in both cities, you know, to me, it seems like Oklahoma City and you know Oklahoma City and Tulsa. For those who may not be from here listening to podcasts, they're two different media markets. I know they're only an hour and a half right. away, but you have their own channels, their own you know their own media market. Essentially, your own local news. It's it doesn't really bleed over to one or the other unless something really bad happened. Right. So it's almost to yeah. me, it's like they're two different states. 
to me. It's really strange. I yeah. know that, that sounds weird, but it's it's like there's some something happens at Stroud and, and you're like in somewhere different. <laughs> you know, it's it's really funny. And you know, one right. time that has moment a- you cross Stroud, you you're in a different world. And I mean, for people <laughs> who don't know, I mean, even the color of the dirt changes. It at is. That point. Yeah, you're in a totally different place. Yeah, it's crazy, and you know, it's interesting to me. You know, it's it's almost these two isolated vacuums, and then they're not very far from each other, but they're far away from each other enough to be different. But at the same time, yeah, it's it's uh, really an interesting uh, rivalry. You know, being on both sides here. You know, one, you know, we have Quick Trip in Tulsa. They have Seven Eleven in Oklahoma City. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know, it goes back to some of that. You know, even the commerce is a little bit different. Uh, but no, that's a good insight there, uh, uh, Josh. And uh, I think uh, it'll be a really good match this weekend at 7:30 at Taft Stadium in Oklahoma City. Josh Roustabout will all be there. You know the Gridlers; they'll be they'll be at it. And oh man, I, I, I'm I'm getting pretty jazzed up for this match. I I, I think uh, <laughs> man, I, I think I'm unfortunately I have other prior plans. Otherwise, I'd be rolling with you guys, but. Uh, anyway, yeah, no problem. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm sure I'll get updates on on my phone or something. And I'll be annoying the people at the show that I'm at, but yeah, that's, <laughs> they'll be fine. Well, Josh, what I'll uh, you know for folks that are listening and 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 may not be familiar with you, tell folks uh, uh, you know how they can reach you on social media. I know you're pretty active on there, and uh, I know you're on the USL Friends fans page and all that good stuff. I don't think you've made any memes today, have you? I haven't made memes, but I've definitely been uh, I've, def- I've definitely been dispersing them and making sure they get out there far and wide. <laughs> For those who don't uh, know, that we, are... we've got our own little meme yeah. lord within yes. the group. So, same guy that chugs uh, uh, gravy, by the way. Yes, yes, yeah, multi-talented. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Ta- oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say uh, you can go ahead and give them your uh, your uh, uh, info there if you'd like to. Yeah, sure. Uh, I go on Twitter, and uh, where where I generally tend to haunt the most, um, <laughs> I'm at n i c h o l i eighty one, and uh, I mean that's where I do most of my soccer talk, and I and I also help run the the Roustabouts official account, which mm-hmm. uh, most people can find pretty easily, and then uh, yeah, that's where we do most of our our talking, especially more tactical or hot takes and Absolutely. things like that. Yeah. Speaking of hot takes, do you have any good hot takes there just in the oven ready to go? Oh, well, you know, you know, there's, there's a, there's a couple things for me and I'm, I'm super glad obviously that we uh, shut out uh, the Monarchs this past Saturday and mm-hmm. the team played really, really well and looked, looked good uh, mm-hmm. except for a couple of spells um, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want that to gloss over some other issues that uh, concern me long-term with the club. And, and I think that, I, I think it's been put out there a lot, but you know, the first thing I would say is that again, reminding people how young this team is and how sure. new they are together. And there's going to be growing pains. And I think we've experienced some of those, but I, but I also, you know, this team is good enough to make the playoffs and, and maybe make a run into them and see, you know, see what happens with that when that takes place. But uh, I, I think they've been, I think they've run into barriers that, that have nothing to do with them too. And, and that would include, uh, that would include a congested schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is the open cup for sure. But part of that is, 
is because of the way things have to be scheduled because sure. of where we play. Right. And, um, and, you know, I think a lot of our losses uh, have been lack of mental focus in key moments, especially on counterattacks or, mm-hmm. or in the defensive end. And that, that lack of mental focus, focus yes, it's, I, I think it has something to do with youth, but I also mm-hmm. think it has something to do with just being tired, sure. yeah, which leads back to the, uh, to the congested schedule. And I guess for me, um, for me, it has a lot. Something that I, I really hope to see in the future is it's somehow more investment into the club, and I sure. and I I mean money, and and I know that the the current owners have this year actually upped the budget quite a bit, and they mm-hmm. have spent a lot of they've dug deep, and uh, I don't know how much more deep deeply they can dig. And for me, this is you know my opinion, not the Ralph about necessarily, but for me, I would I would love. I think I think long term Tulsa needs another investor or or more money, and the only way I see that happening is it's another investor coming along, and 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 putting into the pot because I think we need our not only do we need a deeper roster because right now there's other teams that are going to put at this point in the season that are putting some other players in or looking at other players and adding the, to the to the rosters and we're not going to do that I've already been told that we're not going to be able to do that and it mm-hmm. it really does come down to money. And, um, you know, I think we need to be playing in our own place. And, mm-hmm. and One Oak is a fabulous facility. Sure. Um, it, it is top notch. It's one of the best minor league ballparks in the country, in my sure. opinion. And I think they even won awards that kind of proved that. And the staff there is great. But I think we need to be in our own place, a, a place that gives true sidelines for soccer, for sure, that would mm-hmm. help with uh, game experience. But also, most importantly to me, that will just allow – for proper scheduling mm-hmm. instead of these instead of these seven games in one month and then six weeks on the road sure. and that's all due to the fact that we have to we have to share with a with another uh with, with, a, with another athletic team mm-hmm. um that uh it, you know it's playing a different sport of course but we kind of have to go with that schedule that major league and minor league baseball put out for the tulsa drillers and sure. it really creates a problem i think and so i mean that's my hot take Long term, I, I think we need more money, and I, sure. and I don't know how to do it. I know we're never going to be the richest club in the in the league, and I don't think we have to be. I think you see, with what we have here, that we can play smart in the in the uh, in the market, and we can get good quality results. Sure, but I think to take that next step to where we want to be like a perennial playoff team, we just we need more money, and we need our own place. Yeah, no, uh, no arguments there. Uh... That's not that hard of it. That's not that hot of a take. That's a good take, man. That's a that's just, yeah, that's yeah. Just... Well, <laughs> I, I'm I'm easing into this. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's you know a... me. Get a beer in me, and I'll and I'll, and I'll make it hotter. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's 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 what I'm like. Yeah, come on. What 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 do you think about? Yeah, no, no. That's when <laughs> I'll just I just ag on at that point. You you, you know it's uh it's it's a free for all at that point but yeah no that sounds mm-hmm. good to me and uh, yeah i i completely agree it's you know it's easy you know for you know for i always say it's easy to spend somebody else's money but uh, you yeah know, it's uh, that's the that's what it comes down to you know if i if i won the lottery tomorrow you know heck yeah we'd have a soccer specific stadium you know wherever i can stick mm-hmm. you know put it at you know and uh, it's but unfortunately that's it, it does take a huge investment you know is this town ready for that this is always my kind of 
well, I don't know where where I kind of get stuck at is 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 Tulsa yeah. ready for something like that? Does Tulsa want something like that? And you, you got to have some people, some deep pockets to pull something off like that, or you know, you have some you know tax measurement going through. And I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, going yeah, I don't see any kind of public funds, mm-hmm. so I definitely think it's going to have to be private. And and I think I think politically, it's it's less municipal government, and I think there's just a little bit more in the in the Tulsa soccer world politically that needs to happen, and and a lot of it needs to happen all from the roughnecks end of things too. Uh, you know, I mean, there's been uh, no one's <laughs> no. It, it's difficult to not be aware that there's been some bad blood in some areas, and, no, absolutely. and I think both sides need to take a step forward for the, for the good of, you know, for the good of soccer in Tulsa, because I do think there's a market. I do think the city's ready for it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's me. That might be my, you know, personal opinion and it might be wrong, but, um, you know, I just think that some people need to, uh, bury the hatchet. And I think some people need to eat a little crow mm-hmm. on some sides. And, 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 you know, part of that is, is probably even me too. So, but, you know, to see soccer, to see soccer grow and to be successful in the city, which we all know it can be, and we sure. know we know all the statistics, we know the history and all those things, and um, it can be. But this league, I'm telling you, this league is getting more advanced. Mm-hmm. It's getting more skilled. It's getting more competitive. And unless you spend more money, uh, there there is a point. There is, I think there is a point where uh, where you can fall off the map pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. And if, you know, like uh, something, you know, talking with the uh, you know, Porter earlier, you know, it's if you don't spend money, other teams will. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's – and I think – and I'm not – I think this team is great. And, uh, you know, I think this is a good quality USL side, no question. And, and I don't think it's so much that's what, I, you know, the that you or I are kind of hitting at. It's more of – I mean, yeah, it's nice to have other players that can step up and, you know, come in whenever mm-hmm. you're – and I guess some of that does come down to depth, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a uh, you know it's not an easy solution, unfortunately. And, and until somebody sweeps in and uh, you know, and some uh, sugar daddy comes in and says, "All right, I'm going to spend a bunch of money here and maybe you know see yep. what happens," uh, I think that that's what it's going to take. But we'll we'll keep our fingers yep. crossed and see what comes of it. And you know, certainly, uh, right. no one knows what the future holds. And I mean, this this thing, uh, USL's Division Two, Division Three. It's it's such a fluid thing. You have teams popping up everywhere. You, you know, who knows? There could be a third Tulsa mm-hmm. team show up, and you're sitting there going, well, "Who are these guys?" You know, so uh, right. You know, oh, it's a couple of guys that got together at a bar and decided to put a team together. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff happens. So we'll we'll kind of keep our fingers crossed, keep our ears to the. Uh, you know, to the ground, so to speak, and, and figure out, you know, hopefully some, you know, it's, it's so dynamic. Everything can change just uh, on a minute to minute basis, it seems. So, yeah, yep. we'll keep, we'll see what it looks like again. Uh, Josh Fior, Roustabout president, big fan. He'll be down in uh, Oklahoma City on Saturday for the big match against Tulsa and the OKC Energy. Josh, man, I'll let you get back to it, buddy. I appreciate your time, man. We'll have to do this again sometime, okay? Absolutely. Thanks. All right. You got it, buddy. All right. Thank you so much, Josh. Uh, and uh, real quick before we uh, wrap up, I do want to talk briefly on Tulsa Athletic. Uh, right now, so last week, I, uh, in my defense, I asked quite a few people 
to get an idea of how the Heartland Conference playoff was going to shake out. And the information I was told from multiple sources is that only two teams were going to qualify for the playoffs. Well, come to find out, actually four teams will qualify for the playoffs. And at this point, we have a pretty good idea who those four teams are. In fact, we know who those four teams will be from the Heartland Conference. It'll be FC Wichita, Dallas City FC, Tulsa Athletic, and uh, uh, Little Rock Rangers. I almost said FC Wichita twice. But anyway, uh, it looks like FC Wichita will go ahead and for all intents and purposes, have locked up the conference. So they will be the number one seed. By the way, you, the top four teams make the playoffs. The highest seeded team hosts. Why is that important? Well, right now, Little Rock Rangers will come to Tulsa on Saturday to play Tulsa Athletic. Tulsa Athletic right now, 13 points. Little Rock Rangers with 16. If Tulsa can win that match, they have four-point goal differential on Little Rock Rangers, which will increase if they win against Little Rock. So they have to beat Little Rock. The other thing that has to happen, that must happen, is that Dallas City FC must lose to either Demise in PSL or Little Rock Rangers. Or, I'm sorry, uh, FC Wichita. So they play, have two matches left. They have two matches in hand, and they have the same goal diff. So you need these things to happen. Number one, you need, if you're a Tulsa Athletic fan, you need, number one, to beat Little Rock Rangers, and that uh, the you get a draw maybe in one of the matches, but the you have to hope that the uh, Dallas City drops one of the two matches left on their schedule and that they don't win by too many goals because right now the goal differential will be crucial. So if those things can happen, Tulsa Athletic will get to host a first-round playoff match. And I believe that goes on next on the 15th, the weekend of the 15th. So this is the 8th, so it'll be next weekend, next week. So... That's what it looks like for the NPSL playoffs. So Tulsa Athletic is in. That was something that we, as of last recording, I didn't know. But from everybody that told me that it would only be two. So in my defense, I asked some uh, people who were in the know as well. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't just guess, ask one person. But they were they thought it would only be two. So as it stands... And then after that, once the conference or the Heartland Conference playoff winner will advance to the regional tournament, and from there, we'll, we'll kind of tackle that from there. But they will. So basically, if you're in the playoffs, you're essentially in the national tournament. That's how it works out. So this uh, first tournament, first two teams or first Heartland division tournament will feed into the larger regional and national tournament and i won't get into details there's a lot of divisions there but again as the standings go uh, we'll just go briefly over fc which shot 22 points nine played uh conference they have it locked up little rock rangers nine played 16 points with a plus four goal diff dallas city fc eight played plus four goal diff 13 points so 
Tulsa Athletic with 13 points with a plus eight goal differential. So that match against Ozark FC coming in to play crucial goals there. So sometimes when people are like, man, you're beating up on this team bad, but hey, that's goal diff, baby. You need that goal diff. And Ozark and then the other two teams, NPSL, Demise, uh, nine played, seven points for the season. Uh, they will miss the playoffs. And same thing with Ozark FC. Actually got six points this year. Uh, they are wrapped up for the season. Their season is over. Anyway, so that is your Tulsa Athletic update. And they play on Saturday at LaFortune Park versus Little Rock Rangers. Huge match. Big time match. All right, folks, that is going to wrap this episode up. Special thanks to Porter Cunningham, Josh Fior coming on the show. I apologize for the length of the show, but I just had so much goodness. We had to get it all in today. And I appreciate you hanging on till the very end to talk shop, talk soccer, talk Tulsa soccer. Hope you all have a great weekend, whatever match you're going to, either at La Fortune or at Taft Stadium. God bless you. Have a good one.